I am helped to prepare the beginning of this sermon by the late Gail O'Day, former professor of the Bible at the Candler School of Theology, Emory University in Atlanta. She wrote the article on John's Gospel in the Women's Bible Commentary. Professor O'Day says, quote, women play significant roles in the Gospel of John. This is evident in the number of stories in which women appear and in the theological importance of those stories. The opening miracle in Jesus's ministry occurs at a woman's initiative. Women are Jesus's main conversation partners in three stories that reveal Jesus's identity and vocation and the nature of faithful discipleship. Jesus's suffering is watched over by the women through his death and resurrection. Men do not have a monopoly on witness and discipleship in John. Rather, this gospel narrates a faith that would not exist without women's participation in it." Close quote. What stands out for me is the lavish love in Mary's act of anointing Jesus with expensive perfume very close to the time of his death. But Judas expresses some kind of pathology that can't tolerate the pure adoration of this woman. He presumes to counsel Mary by concocting a bogus either or. Either waste money on anointing Jesus or give the money to the poor. Mary, however, ignores that. She is not an either-or person. For her, the dominant facts are her love and Jesus' presence. She knows there is no choice to be made between loving Jesus or helping the poor. One can, could, and should do both. In some contexts, either or thinking is inappropriate and should be supplanted by both and. This is one of these. I found it jarring that Judas had the chutzpah to call Mary out in her own home as he did. It's hard for me 
to imagine his doing that if she had been a male. Moreover, if the women in my life had been involved in this scene, they would have enlightened the man concerning his gender-based arrogance and lack of respect. In her own home, a woman lavishes her love upon her close friend. That's her prerogative, and it is no one else's role to criticize. Reading about Mary's powerful love for Jesus brought back to me the scene of another, a man who loved Jesus deeply and of his family that Judas-like was not comfortable with his demonstrative religion. I'd like to tell the brief story about all of them. Some years ago, a phone call came to Sally's in my room at midnight in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we were staying while visiting one of Sally's sisters. At that hour, of course, a phone call does not likely convey good news. I answered it and heard the broken voice of a dear friend, a man I had known and respected for many years. Through his anguish, he told me his daughter, living in Marin County, had just died without warning. He asked if I would conduct the memorial service. Of course I would. I would do anything for him and for his family and for her and hers. The service would be challenging because the man who had grown up in the South had a powerful, insistent love for Jesus and a vivid sense of the presence of Jesus as Mary had in John's Gospel. I was familiar with that kind of religion, having seen it up close during our time living in North Carolina. But others in the family, including the deceased daughter, hadn't understood or appreciated this way of being religious, nor, like Judas, had they much tolerance for it. I don't know if my attempt to honor both perspectives succeeded or not, but what unfolded were desperate cries for Jesus' help from the anguished father 
and altogether greater depths of grief felt by everyone over the young woman's death than I had witnessed in other memorial services or have encountered since. The end of it is this. From a Christian faith perspective, I think it is fair to say that this man and his daughter, both now gone, and their families may be reunited now. We come to peace with those we love before they die or after. As Mary of St. John's Gospel well knew, the gift of love and reconciliation comes from God who presides over all life and all time, including eternity. This is the faith enshrined in the title of the Appalachian spiritual that cuts through seemingly implacable suffering and alienation. Quote, I can almost see heaven from here. It's okay to love God and love the Messiah, Jesus, and all the more because first they loved us.